Let's continue then with the second question. Question number two is this. What are the results of our conflicts? What are the results of our conflicts? Let's pick up verse two. In other words, uh, it, 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 this conflict that we're dealing, getting, is it getting resolved or things getting worse? Verse two. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet, it, covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, we just saw just a moment ago, what was he talking about the pleasures there? He was talking about our own selfishness. Listen, we ask for the wrong reasons because we're selfish. Key point number two then is this. Our selfish desires and behavior always lead to destruction. Our selfish desires and behaviors always lead to destruction. Look with me, verse 3 again. You ask and do not receive. In other words, when you do ask, you're not receiving. Why? Because you ask amiss, or you're asking for the wrong reasons. The verse continues, that you may spend it on your pleasures, or even your prayer is motivated by your selfishness. So there's two things that I want us to point out from this, this verse. First, if we pray without first examining our own heart, we risk praying for the wrong reasons, and we can actually make the conflict worse. And that actually leads me to the second observation from these two verses, and that's, that's this, this point of application, that the mature Christian should recognize when conflict is escalating and seek to de-escalate the situation. Are the things that you're saying making things worse or are they making things better? Are you trying to resolve the conflict or are you trying to win an argument? Make a commitment to de-escalate situations when you find yourself engaged in conflict. How would your marriage look differently if you took on the role to de-escalate when conflict occurs? How would it look differently if you said, you know what, I'm going to be the one to recognize that I, I have a role to de-escalate? How would your workplace look different if you took on the role to de-escalate conflict? How would your neighborhood look differently if you said, I'm going to de-escalate the situation? Now, in all fairness, sometimes we find ourselves in conflict that we didn't, we didn't start it. Uh, we just all of a sudden found ourselves in the middle of it, right? I mean, somebody else said something, someone does something, and we respond. And then the next thing you know, it's, it's, it seems to take on this escalation of itself. It just seems to escalate. Let me, most pastors give illustrations of, let me tell you how wonderful I am at de-escalating the situation. I'll tell you this, I shared with my wife that I'm preaching on de-escalation of, of conflict and situations, you know, and to, to help people. She laughed, and I was like, well, that's not really boosting my, my confidence there. And, and I'm, I'm reminded of this, a, a pastor mentor of mine told me this. 
is that if you only preach the passages of Scripture that you yourself have mastered, (laughs) your choice of passages that you can preach is greatly limited. And that's so true. So hear me on this. Am I saying that I have mastered the art of de-escalation? Absolutely not. I have not at all. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Cheryl and I were at the uh, the Sleepy Poet um, Antique Mall. And so here we are. I'm minding my own business. I'm just going around looking for antiques, you know, looking for things. Cheryl is saying, you know, we said, all right, we're, we're getting tired. We're wrapping things up. Why don't you, you, you go down your way. We'll meet up. We'll meet up on the other end. So you keep, you keep going. I'm going to go look for some things and then we'll meet up on the end. Simple enough plan. Only um, some of the arrows on the floor uh, made it difficult to get back and meet exactly where we were. So I thought, I, my, my number one concern is I need to find Cheryl. I need to find my wife. So here I am, I'm walking up, uh, walking up an aisle, and I'm looking down, and this woman is walking past me. Uh, we'll call her, oh, I don't know, Karen. Seems like an appropriate name. And um, so we'll, we'll refer to her as Karen. Karen then under her breath, you know, not, not in a direct way, but this passive-aggressive way, starts to say, some people don't know how to pay attention to the arrows on the floor and follow the directions, and they're putting other people at risk. I looked around. Clearly, Karen was speaking to me. And uh, so... Being a good steward of James chapter 4, I de-escalated the situation, right? No. Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't de-escalate the situation. She, she's making this passive-aggressive accusation. And I just turned and I said, look, I am not interested in what direction these arrows are going. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm looking for my wife. And that has priority over these arrows. I don't care about these arrows. I'm looking for my wife. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned with paying attention to your arrows. Huh. She, she huffed and puffed. And, huh. and uh, I was, I was kind of surprised. And then at that same moment, her husband comes around from one of, the, one of the, the corners. And the two of them begin to go down the aisle, the next aisle. The, arrow, the arrows are now pointing me to, to do what? I've got to follow Karen, right? I mean, I can't just go about my way. If I go the other direction, I'm not following the arrows. So I escalated the situation. I decided to follow the husband and wife and make it awkward. I mean, it was. It was really quite funny to me anyway, because as they're making their way down the aisle... And they moved and they stopped <clears throat> and they would look at each other and talk. I walked and stayed right at about six feet and just stood there and waited. And, uh, you know, goofy smile on my face, just waiting. And now the husband, keep in mind, he didn't know what was going on. He just sees this crazy stranger, you know, that's not going around. And he kind of moves to the side, you know, thinking, well, he'll walk around us if I move to the side. 
I'm thinking, nope, can't do it. The aisles are not six feet wide. I cannot go around you. And he walked, they walked a little bit further. You know, what did I do? Every step they took, I took another step. What was I doing? I was escalating the situation, right? I really wasn't resolving the situation. We finally made it a couple of aisles where I followed them the whole way. And then the, finally it opened up wide enough where there was two options. They could go one way and I could go the other. And when they went one direction, I thought, okay, I'm going to go the other direction. I went the other direction. At that moment, Cheryl comes around the corner. And I said, I found her, Karen. Thank you for your help. Now, I get it. That didn't really help matters either. Uh, what did that do? Again, just escalated the situation. Cheryl's looking at me like, who is Karen? Does she work here? You know, oh, no, no, no. Why do I share that with you? There's something within us that it's not natural for us to de-escalate. We have to fight against our natural tendencies, or at least I do, <laughs> to, to want to do what? To want to escalate the situation, to make things worse, or, or at best to get some self-gratification out of it, seeking our own pleasure. What was I doing there? Listen, it wasn't. It wasn't about resolving conflict. I was seeking my own pleasure. I was going against everything that James was describing here. James is saying, look, sometimes you're doing it. You're escalating the situation just so you can win the argument, just so you can, just so you can have your own moment of joy in that conflict. Now, I wish I had tons of illustrations where I could share with you, oh, I've de-escalated and done this and this and this, but I could probably come up with a dozen or more examples of where I didn't do that well. And I've got a feeling that most of us are in the same boat, right? We don't have a mastery of de-escalation. But James is saying we, we can and we should.